Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show, the best show on the internet. It's so good to have you here with us. Today, we have a couple of fantastic stories for you, so make sure you grab your tea and your popcorn as we dive straight into our first story, posted to r slash malicious compliance by the fabulous Lily Cersei. If you say so, I'll comply. In the end, we all get screwed. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Tiny bit of pertinent information. In 2014, I had a C-section to bring my son into the world. I was just let go by my previous job because they didn't want the liability of something happening to a pregnant woman on the job. I was rehired by the fast food company where I held my first job. It's not McDonald's, it's a bit higher priced than that, you know, where you'd get fried chicken, a hot dog, and a double cheeseburger at the same time. There will be no mention of the child's father because, well, he wasn't there for us. I lived with my eldest sister, who was more like a mum to me, which is why she is mentioned in this story. She was the person I had with me when I had my C-section. She has been the one that's been there for my son every moment of his life. My doctor said that if I was going back to work, before his recommended four to six weeks of healing time and rest, that I had to be on very light duty, and that I was not to lift more than the weight of my son, which was about six pounds at the time. So, the story. I was rehired by a fast food company that was always extremely busy at each major point in the day. Lunch made over 800 bucks between noon and 1 p.m., and dinner made over 700 bucks from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Of note, the only reason I was rehired was because the hiring manager loved me to pieces. When I left the first time, she told me I always had a job with her because she just loved my work ethic. She said I was the best worker she had had in years. Nobody else ever picked up extra shifts as quickly as I did. Nobody cared to learn as fast as I did. So since I had previous experience, they wanted me to work lunch rush. But I begged them to let me work dinner instead. 
You see, dinner would allow me to spend quality time with my newborn, and my sister, who I lived with, would be home from her job to take care of my son while I worked. Now, I started a month after my C-section, right? Wrong. I started two and a half weeks later. If I didn't, I couldn't be hired. I'd actually gone back to my doctor and asked his office to write a full letter explaining in detail my light duty requirements, and took it with me the first day back. So, I walk into the manager's office expecting to see my hiring manager, or at least a manager I recognized. No, enter stupid manager who had worked as an hourly employee in another location and now thought she was better than everyone. I handed stupid manager my doctor's note, and she looked at it like she was holding a dirty baby diaper. I asked her to make sure hiring manager sees it, and she doesn't respond. Well, I shrug it off and walk to the back where the break room was. I saw that all my co-workers were the same from the last time I worked there, and they all crowded around me to see baby photos. I was crying the entire time because honestly it felt like a homecoming. It felt like I was finally surrounded by some sort of support system. Until stupid manager screamed that we needed to get to work, when there wasn't even a customer in the store. We all scattered like flies and made ourselves look busy. Now, I'd kept my phone in my pocket before clocking in, and I periodically checked it, always between customers, to make sure that nothing had happened to my son while I was gone. Now, I would think that most managers, maybe not all, but most managers would have understood that I'm not texting and slacking off or playing Angry Birds, I'm just quickly checking to see if there's any notifications. But no, not stupid manager. She hated it. She'd been sitting in her office, checking the cameras, and I suppose I'd checked my phone one too many times. Yay for postpartum depression and anxiety, I guess. Well, stupid manager came flying around the corner at the speed of light. Hazel, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You can't be on your phone while you're clocked in. You should know this already. Now, I'd never been one to deal well with being yelled at, so I just said I was sorry. And some of my co-workers stood up for me, which made me cry again. Stupid manager, apparently, also hates crying. So she turned to me, shooting the same daggers into my soul. What the fuck are you crying about now? Thankfully, a customer walked in, so she just stormed off. I saw red. Within the hour, I watched her start to get ready to leave her shift, which I thought was a blessing. Of course, it wasn't. Enter Lazy Manager, who I'd had issues with the last time I'd worked there. Not that I said anything, but she never worked. She sat in the office staring at the cameras, eating food from the line. Which, by the way, is against company policy. You don't get free food, you get a discount on food. Did she pay for it? No, not once. She just wrote it off as wastage at the end of the day. As throwaway or whatever you call it. Lazy manager saw me, and her face fell. Oh, hey Hazel, she said with disdain. I put on the sweetest smile and attempted to make small talk with stupid manager, but they made a major mistake. They left the door open a crack, and wouldn't you know it, I worked on the other side of that door, pretty close, and I could hear everything. 
absolutely everything they said. And this is how it went. I thought a hiring manager told her no. I guess not. She's been on the phone all day. Of course she has. She's the worst employee we've ever had. Ugh, I'll call the hiring manager and figure this out. I've never disliked someone like I dislike her. Oh, well, she seems pretty lazy. Oh, here's her pitiful doctor's note. <laughs> well, we'll see how that works. It's not like we've never had kids before. Now that's fully pissed me off, but I bit my tongue. I waited for what I knew was coming. I knew exactly what I was going to do because I was just plain sick of being badmouthed by others. So stupid manager leaves and lazy manager calls me to the office. I was in the middle of making an order, but she is the manager after all. So I left that poor person's order sitting right on the line and walked to the office. Yes, lazy manager? She doesn't even look up from her computer. Hazel, what's this doctor's note for? I just take my phone out of my pocket and try to show her pictures of my son. Oh, you had a kid, in that tone. Implied nobody would want to be with me or something. I smile sweetly and nod. A plan working itself out in my head. Fast forward four days. Lazy manager hasn't been helping us close the store at all. And I've been getting home after 2am every day from a place that closes at 10 on weekdays, 11 on weekends. I am done. My sister can't keep taking care of my child like this and it is completely unfair. Lazy manager is working again and we're all really busy. I go to put fries in the fryer because our fry cook is busy making chicken tenders. I open the little freezer beside the fryer and it's empty, which I knew it would be because I never saw anyone put a new box in there. Huh. Well, that sucks. Hey, we're out of fries out here, I yell. No response. Hey, co-workers, fry cook is busy and we need fries out here. Nothing. Odd. Oh, well. Hey, lazy manager, we need fries out here. Lazy manager opens the office door. Well, get them yourself, Hazel. I walk over to the office. Lazy manager, I can't. My doctor said I can't lift more than six pounds. Lazy manager rolls her eyes and looks dead at me. Look, go get the damn fries out of the freezer now. Two boxes, I don't care about this. My doctor said shit. Do it and stay the hell off your phone. There it was. My opportunity for malicious compliance. I walked into the freezer and look at the box of French fries. Hmm, I really shouldn't. This could be detrimental to my health, according to my doctor. But no, 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 lazy manager said so. Now I'd noticed that morning that a couple of my stitches hadn't started dissolving yet. So I'd already called and scheduled an appointment about two weeks early. This just was all lining up so perfectly. I grabbed that fry box on the bottom shelf and shifted it where I could read its weight. I wasn't supposed to be on my phone, but she obviously couldn't see me in the freezer. I snapped a picture of the box, sent it to my sister with the message, manager told me I had no choice but to do this myself, doesn't believe my doctor's note at all. Can't respond, she won't let me use my phone anymore either. 
Now I made sure the message was sent and then switched my phone off, grabbed that fry box and lifted it and carried it to the little freezer 20 feet away. I'll say one thing for adrenaline. It definitely works to numb pain until it wears off. I felt a wetness in my pants and excused myself to the break room. Not the bathroom. No, 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 that was too private for this. I turned to where the cameras could see me and looked in my pants. Blood. I was bleeding. But from where? Oh, that's right, the stitches that hadn't started healing yet. But there was another pain I'd never experienced. I walked into Lazy Manager with a napkin covered in blood. Thank do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. Hopefully the line wasn't anywhere near the office. I would never have contaminated someone's food like that. Because I was unable to stop the bleeding, I was immediately sent home to my sister, who was in a severe panic already over the message. I called my doctor's office within 10 minutes to spare and explained the situation and was scheduled for the following day. And I was told to go to the hospital if the bleeding continued. My sister and I bandaged me up to the best of our abilities, and I waited for my appointment. When the doctor found out why I still picked up that fry box, he sounded more like a concerned father figure when he said, I'll handle this. But I assured him I had it myself. All I needed from him was a doctor's note. You see, I'd found out that hiring manager, who was also the store manager, who was lined up to become district manager, had come back from vacation. She was actually scheduled for the following day that I was supposed to work. I walked, well, no, I waddled into the store in uniform, doctor's note clutched in one hand, the other grabbing every solid surface it could to absorb some of the shock of movement. She took one look at me and guided me to a chair in the break room, concern written all over her face. Hazel, what happened? So I told her. I told her everything. She asked me if I gave either manager a doctor's note and I said I had. She couldn't find it, but she didn't need to. What lazy manager and stupid manager didn't know was that my sister had a printer that could scan documents. And we had a weird feeling that we would need a copy of the first doctor's note. So not only did I have a new note clutched in hand, but stapled to it was a copy of the original note that told the managers that I was supposed to be on light duty, because if I ripped a stitch, it could lengthen my healing process. The new note explained that since I was not given light duty, I not only ripped a stitch, but pulled a few muscles in my lower body. When hiring manager read both notes, she was furious. She checked the schedule, and when she saw neither of the other managers were working, she called them both in for a meeting. 
She asked me if I would stay for said meeting and that I could sit in the office in her comfy desk chair while we waited. I took that seat and waited for the show. 30 minutes later, hiring manager was giving them an earful, telling them that they had no right to disregard doctor's orders and that they should never have told me to stop being on my phone. Turns out hiring manager had worked for this establishment when she had her youngest child, so she knew the anxiety of being away from a newborn for too long. I watched stupid manager get fired on the spot. But not lazy manager. Lazy manager was demoted to line cook because hiring manager told her she needed to relearn some humility. She worked as a line cook at another store for about a month and was then fired for stealing food. This next story was posted to r slash entitled people by material topic. My own sister made false accusations against me because I refused to supply alcohol for her party. This happened some years ago. I'm in my 30s now, but back then I was like 22. Now, my sister at the time was 18 and she was my mum's golden child. My dad, thankfully, had a good head on his shoulders and always called my sister out on her shit. But my mum's interference always meant she got off easy anyway. This is what happened back then. My parents decided to take a vacation to ski in Aspen or something and let my sister watch the house for them. They told her no parties, but that was a rule she straight up ignored. A day after our parents left, my sister started sending out invites to a party. And she was promising, get this, free alcohol. I didn't see that post just yet. But my sister called me and asked me to go and buy alcohol for her party because I was over 21 and could therefore legally buy it. She also wanted me to pay for it and said she'd invite me over to the party and introduce me to an easy girl in order to pay me back. So yeah, I told her I wasn't going to be doing that. I'm not going to break the law just to make her happy. She should never have told people her party would have alcohol. She screamed over the phone at me and uh, shouting at me, telling me that I was ruining her life and that she couldn't take back the invites now, now that they were all over her Facebook. I looked at her post and absolutely facepalmed. I told her that what she did was really, really stupid and she and her friends were all underage. So it's illegal. <laughs> She tried to say it would only be illegal if I narked on them. I said I wouldn't nark, but I also was not going to be buying her booze. Well, she screamed at me some more and then hung up the phone. Well, that night, my sister had the party and someone called the police for underage drinking. After being arrested and confronted by the police later on, my sister threw me under the bus and said that I'd supplied the alcohol she was using. Turns out, she actually broke into dad's liquor cabinet and thought it would be better to frame me for her crime. Well, police came and arrested me at my apartment the day after the party. They already seemed pretty convinced that I was guilty and didn't really listen to me when I said that I was never even there. But I willingly cooperated with them. 
At the station, I told them the whole story and got them to look at my sister's Facebook post. Thankfully, there were a few people there who listened to me. But I still had to sit the night out in my cell while my parents were called. My mum and dad flew back home overnight and bailed out both me and my sister. But my mum tried to make my dad leave me in jail because my sister had told them her lie as well. My dad took the time to talk to me and look at my sister's Facebook and so he believed me. This caused a fight between him and my mum. Now when they got home, my dad discovered that my sister had broken into his liquor cabinet and spoke to the police on my behalf. My mum, however, still wanted to blame me and make me take the fall because as she put it, all the charges were ruining her baby's future. But my innocence was further proven by the fact that both me and my car were seen on CCTV when I left work and when I arrived at home at my apartment and they have CCTV in the parking lot. My car did not move from there for the rest of the day or night. In my sister's story to the police, I had driven out and gotten the alcohol for her. But I wasn't seen on CCTV in any liquor stores in the county and my bank account showed no transactions for buying alcohol. My parents' house also had cameras at the front door and my car was never seen on the driveway that day. After being confronted by those facts, my sister's story changed to saying I already had the alcohol and I gave it to her at my apartment. And there was like three cheap beers in my apartment fridge and no hard alcohol. My sister finally had to give up on her lies and my parents were severely disappointed in her. But my mum still tried to convince me to take the fall for my sister. I mean, come on! She came to my apartment and actually demanded that I tell the police that it was all my fault. Yeah, I said I was not going to be doing that. I am not going to be ruining my future for my sister. She refused to leave and went from demanding to begging. She even got on her knees and tried to convince me that she and my dad would make everything okay in the long run if I just took the blame now. I said I'd rather just live my life than have that felony on my record. Well, she threw a huge fit and started throwing things because I refused to do as she wanted. I threatened to call the police and she left my apartment cursing me out like an absolute madwoman. I have never heard so many F-bombs out of her before or since. But she kept them up all the way to her car and followed it up by saying she should have aborted me before driving off. I called my dad right away and told him everything that happened. He was insanely pissed and got in a huge fight with my mum as soon as she got home. She didn't even deny anything she said or did because she deemed it to be for the greater good of their daughter. But my dad told her that she couldn't destroy me to save my sister. Then he threatened to divorce her if she didn't try to make things right. She ended up sobbing and then saying that she'd do whatever he wanted. Now my dad said that it was couples and family counselling or it was divorce. My mum signed a prenup before she married him and really had no choice. In the family counselling, I called her out on how she always believed my sister's lies. 
My sister tried to say they were not lies, but each one I pointed out from over the years said otherwise. I'd taken the time to write a list of all the ones I could remember from the past decade that had been proven that she lied. And my mum and sister were forced to stay silent as I read them all. They tried to interject repeatedly, but my dad and counsellor silenced them. My sister, now proven beyond any reasonable doubt to be a liar and a manipulator, just shut down, refused to say anything more to the counsellor. My mum finally apologised to me. But it was obviously a forced apology because she looked so uncomfortable doing it. I told her that her apology was very fake, and after so many years of favouritism, the damage was already done. My relationship with her never really recovered because she was convinced I was guilty, no matter what was said until my sister admitted the truth, and then wanted me to pretend to be guilty anyway to protect her favourite child. But nothing went her way. So she just went back to crying about it. When my sister went to court, my mum pleaded with the judge to go easy on my sister for the charges of underage drinking and giving other underage people alcohol, as well as attempting to frame me for her crime. She also resisted arrest when the police came and shut down the party. She was very drunk when it happened. They kept her in a cell overnight to sober up, and then she told the police I'd been the one to provide the alcohol. My mum's begging along with the relentless lawyer that my parents hired got the judge to cut a deal, provided that my sister pleaded guilty, which she did not want to do. But her lawyer highly recommended she take said deal to avoid jail time, because there was no other way of keeping her from getting a felony on her record. My sister's lawyer used the fact that the alcohol had not been bought that day, but rather had already been in the house long before the party happened to help lessen the charges. My sister's Facebook had also been completely deleted by her as soon as she was able to in order to hide the post. The judge just wanted the case over with, and so my sister got off with a huge fine that our mum paid most of out of her own pocket and a couple of years of probation. She was also made to get therapy too by her dad. She's never really showed actual remorse for what she did though, and only had animosity for me, no matter how in the wrong she was. She was eventually diagnosed as a narcissist after my dad made her go to a doctor. After her probation and four years of college were over, she decided she was going to leave home for California and never come back once she landed a good job. She currently works in an office in LA, and we've not spoken in years. Dad got her that job, and she's not shown any real appreciation for it. Even my mum has given up on her ever coming home for the holidays, and us being a family again. It tore her up inside for years, but now, now she's just bitter. She doesn't really blame me anymore, but we only seem to show indifference to each other. Just because my sister cut her off wouldn't make me the new de facto favourite. It just means my mum lost her baby and isn't getting her back. She can't leave my dad because she's too reliant on him despite having her own career. She'd never want to be on her own again, so she's just become a shell of her former self. 
Things between me and my dad are still great. He's pretty much disowned my sister for what she's done and has stopped caring if she ever comes back and speaks to him again anyway. He and my mum don't even sleep in the same bedroom anymore. She moved into the guest room some like five years ago and has just stayed in there ever since. Their marriage is really only one on paper these days. Well guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're loving that new sound design. And if you are, geez, you need to check out what we're doing with the video. Head on over to YouTube and get sneaky peekies. Get the stories early, plus you get the video goodness. Head over there and I'll see you there. Until next time, guys. Thanks and peace out.